0: Hi, this is Steve Thomas, pastor of the First Baptist Church at Delray Beach. Welcome to our podcast. We study God's word to apply it to our lives in order to make a difference in this life and in eternity. We hope you enjoy this message. We cry out, we cry out. I think we ought to make those horns a permanent part of our worship, don't you all? Yeah. Remember, horn means amen, wipers means hallelujah, and uh, flashers means you're all wet, Steve. So please don't put your (laughs) flashers on back there. Uh, Great to have you. I I know this is odd, but I'm encouraged to see you all, and I hope you're encouraged at seeing each other. Thank you for making the effort to get here, to gather, to sit in this glorious place, and wish we were inside having air conditioning. Amen? I mean, that's just... I know that's how we feel a little bit. There is a nice breeze, and thank God for the cloud cover. It's not going to rain, I tell you, it's not going to rain until later. Um, Oh, it's so good to be with you. When we gather, I hope that we've missed each other, right? I hope that we've missed seeing the faces that we get to see today and to be connected as much as we can as a body. And I'm grateful today for those of you who are here in actual chairs right here. I'm grateful for those of you who are in your cars being safe because there's issues you need to be protecting yourself and uh, that you're listening on 87.9. Thankful for those of you who are watching on your couch um, with a nice donut and coffee this morning. Uh, I understand that. And uh, I want you to be where you feel comfortable being, but glad we can gather today and worship Jesus Christ. Psalm 67.1 is one of my favorite psalms. And as we consider where we are as a nation, I want to start with Psalm 67. If you have your Bible, it would be great for you to open that. If you have a, a Kindle, if you have a tablet, if you have your phone, you can get that out. Just don't go to email or Facebook right now. Please focus on the Word of God as we open God's Word. Psalm 67 says this. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us, that your way, listen to this, that your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you judge the peoples with equity, And guide the nations upon earth. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. The earth has yielded its increase. God, our God, shall bless us. God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear him. Would you bow with me as we get into God's word? O God, you are the God of all nations. And you send your church to be your physical representation at this time on this earth to bless the nations. Lord, may that be our number one cause. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. There's a problem in the United States. Amen. There's a problem. Racism is something that has been a problem and that we need to care about. Hope that all of you care that though this is an incredible nation, it is a great nation that opportunities are not equal. That in some places especially, people are not policed equally. And there is fear among our brothers and sisters of color. This must matter to us. It's important that me as a white person reach out and hear from those of our brothers and sisters of color. And I've talked to many of you this week, and I'm so grateful that you have been so gracious to share your journey. And I know that nobody wants to come up and share their deepest hurt. That's not what people want to do when their pastor calls them on the phone. But I've been so blessed to hear from many hearts this week, to hear the pain involved, but yet in the midst of the pain to say, I'm so grateful for First Baptist Delray and the way I've been loved there. Um, I, love that, um, I love that sentiment, and I've heard that many times. Um, you know, we often celebrate diversity in our church. Every year we have International Sunday, and we, we gather, and we talk about the greatness of the fact that we get to enjoy people from every nation, tribe, and tongue here in Delray Beach. If we're serious about that, then our heart does break for our brothers and sisters of color today. And there's two verses that I want us to look at before we get into our main text today that supports this. 1 Corinthians 12:26. you all are no doubt very familiar with this. It says, if one member suffers, if one, mem- if one member suffers, we all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. We are as connected as your foot is to your leg, that when you stub your toe, your whole body hurts. You don't just say, I'm not going to worry about that toe. I've got nine others, right? That's not what we do. We say, I care and I hurt with you, and we need to hurt with each other. And then John 13, 34 through 35 says this, A new commandment I give you, That you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. How we love each other in the context of this church, as brothers and sisters in Christ, how we love each other demonstrates to the world who Jesus is. It is so important in these days that as a church we love each other and care for each other and reach out to one another. Because if we don't, we lose our witness. And we lose our opportunity to represent Jesus Christ. As Baptists, if you're a Baptist like I am from the time I was, even before I was born, you know the Baptist faith and message, which is the document that we all sign on to as uh, Baptist. Baptist churches are all independent, but we sign on to a common theology, and it's described in the Baptist Faith and Message 2000. And in Article 15, I just want to share this with you to know who we claim to be. It says, in the spirit of Christ, Christians should oppose racism. Every form of greed, selfishness, and vice, all forms of sexual immorality, including adultery, homosexuality, and pornography, we should work to provide for the orphan, the needy, the abused, the aged, the helpless, and the sick. We should speak on behalf of the unborn and contend for the scarcity, for the sanctity of all human life from conception to natural death. See, as Southern Baptists, we are as committed to opposing racism as we are to opposing abortion and sexual immorality. Just take that in for a moment. That's who we sign up to be. And that's a great, great thing. And this document was written uh, 20 years ago. So this isn't just recent. This is who we have claimed to be for a long time. Many of you have probably watched The Last Dance about Michael Jordan, 1998. Anybody, anybody watch The Last Dance? Give me a horn honk out in the parking lot if you've seen it. If you haven't seen it, you should. If you care about basketball, it's excellent. Um, but it's amazing to watch Michael Jordan the Chicago Bulls up close. I never got to go to a game to see him play, but he was amazing from a distance. But up close, when they show those, those scenes where he is like, where you're right down there on the court and you can see how quick he is, how fast he is, you're like, that's just amazing. But you also see that he was a fighter, fiercely competitive, childish even to the point of trying to create an offense that an opponent had against him so it would bring out the very best in him. But that perspective shows you a lot more about the man than just watching him from a distance. Church perspective matters. And it's important that we consider each other's perspective in these days. Well-meaning, Jesus-loving people can see issues from entirely different perspectives. And it hurts me when I hear people say, how could you be a Christian and support this candidate or this party? You can't be. I've heard that. But I want you to know that once you choose a party or a candidate, you live in a glass house at that point. And maybe it's always been that way, but in America right now, whichever party, whichever candidate you choose, you are going to have to defend some things that are very hard to defend. You should make a choice. You should pray about that choice. But I need you to understand people are making very difficult choices today based on their perspective. Let me give you a few examples. If your skin is black and you're a father, you have taught your child that they need to be very careful how they deal with the police because you've had family members and friends who have been stopped for speeding and have been treated much different than a white person would be treated. That's a reality in our country today, and I believe our police are excellent, most every one of them is amazing, but there is that fear, and that is real. And so if that's you, you will not support a candidate or a party who doesn't stand for racial equality. On the other hand, if you're a father and your daughter, your only daughter, was coerced to have an abortion, and you lost your only grandchild, you'll never vote for a candidate that doesn't support pro-life issues. If you're an immigrant and you've built a business here in the US, you've paid your taxes, you've been a blessing to your community, but you constantly see your countrymen being abused. and You constantly see pictures of them being called racist and being called criminals, being called all sorts of things. You're never gonna vote for a candidate that doesn't support immigration reform because you see that as an existential threat to who you are. If you're a veteran, a combat veteran, and you have laid your life down for this country, and you have done amazing things and very difficult and very sometimes very heart-wrenching things for your nation, and you see people tearing down our country, you'll never vote for a candidate who doesn't support making America great and building up the military. There is an incredible difference of perspective in our world today and in our church. And we need to understand that and we need to be careful how we talk to one another and how we think about one another. Everyone has a story. Everyone has a perspective. How do you view those who have a totally different perspective than yours? We all have to make a decision often who we're going to support And in doing that, we have to accept some things that aren't pretty. Can we love each other even in the midst of that? What's our perspective to be in a church that has varying ends of the spectrum, opposite ends of the spectrum views? How do we love one another? That's what I want to talk to you about today. And I think this is an encouraging message, and I want us to focus on what the Bible says. It starts with how we treat our brothers and sisters in Christ. We need to live with the cause of Jesus as our first priority, our first cause. It requires, if we're citizens of heaven, and we'll see this as we go through the scripture today, if we're citizens of heaven, that there are fellow citizens living around us, and we need to treat them like we're going to spend the rest of eternity with them. Amen? Philippians chapter 3, verses 17 through 21. Philippians chapter 3, verses 17 through 21. If you're familiar with Philippians, you know this is the book of joy. This is the most celebratory book. That Paul ever wrote really he's excited he's saying I, I'm excited about what God has done in you I know he's going to complete what he started it's going to be amazing he says to live is Christ but to die is even better it's more Christ that's gain and he says listen I would give up everything that I am everything that I've achieved I would give up the fact that I'm a Jew I would give up the fact that I'm a Pharisee I've given that up I've given away everything I earned to gain Christ And that needs to be our focus today. That's where Philippians is. In verse 17 of chapter 3, Philippians 3, 17, I want you to read this with me. Paul says this, Brothers, join in imitating me, and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. For many of whom I have often told you and now tell you, even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction, their God is their belly, and their glory in their shame, with minds set on earthly things. But look at verse 20. But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him and that that enables him to subject all things to himself. What a powerful passage. Paul starts by saying, I want you to imitate people who are worthy of being imitated. Let me ask you: who is influencing you today? Choose your influencers wisely. Who is forming your opinions? What kind of voices are you hearing mostly? Are you investigating what you're hearing, and are they credible? See, there are so many opportunities to receive good influence today, but you're going to have to choose them. That's why the church is so important, that you are friends with, talking with, living life with those who are followers of Jesus, and that's literally what Paul is saying. Imitate those around you who are ahead of you who are further down the road than you, who know how to follow Jesus, imitate them. That's what this church is all about. But in addition to that, there are the greatest preachers, speakers, godly thinkers in the world that are available right here on your tablet, smartphone, or computer. Let me encourage you. You should be listening to these people on a regular basis. Tim Keller, John Mark Comer, Russell Moore, the Southern Baptist Convention. J.D. Greer, the president of the Southern Baptist Convention. If you want more, email me. I'll give you a ton you can listen to and be encouraged on a regular basis. You can hear Rick Warren. You can hear virtually any Charles Stanley, any speaker you want to hear. What are you filling your mind with, mostly? What are you filling your mind with? You see, there are people, and Paul says, listen, there are those who want to manipulate you. Be very careful about that. Know this, folks, and I think this is going to offend virtually everyone, and that's my goal, quite honestly. CNN doesn't have it right. Fox News doesn't have it right. NBC doesn't have it right. ABC doesn't have it right. CBS doesn't have it right. Reuters doesn't have it right. The Post, nothing has it right. Every news organization has a bias. Be very careful what you're listening to. Be very careful what you're putting in your brain and who is, try, who is, who is forming your opinions for you. I want to challenge you. Change your news feed 180 degrees for the next five days. If you listen to CNN, watch Fox. If you watch Fox, listen to CNN. Or better yet, turn them all off and just listen to sermons for the next five days. Amen? Turn them all off. Just listen to great speakers preach God's Word and see how it changes your perspective in just five days. There are people whose God is their stomach who are set on the things of this world who want to manipulate you and whip you up into a frenzy rather than follow Jesus Christ. They want to cause you to hate your brother and sister. You say, well, my news is, listen, just turn it off. Look at the other perspective or just listen to the word of God. See how that changes your heart over the next five days. Verse 20, it gets exciting here, I think. He says, but our citizenship is in heaven and from it we await a savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Be more passionate about Jesus than you are about any other cause. It's amazing amazing the passion we see in people right now for their cause. And I believe causes are important. I really do. And you should choose a good cause. But listen, you should be more passionate about Jesus Christ. This world matters, but only to the extent that it impacts eternity. I need to be focused on who Jesus is and be passionate about him. Are most of your social media posts glorifying to Jesus? Are most of the ones that you read glorifying to Jesus? Do you think about those around you and how they might respond to a post that you're either reading or passing along? I want us to think about who Jesus is right now. Jesus Christ is our Creator God, Creator of the universe. Of all that we know, He is the creator God. He is the definition of love. He loved us when we didn't love Him at all, when we were in rebellion against Him. He loved us. Jesus Christ paid my way out of hell. He is to be my greatest, my greatest cause. And not only that, but Jesus reigns in heaven right now. And one day, One day, he will make everything right. One day, he will bring complete justice on this earth, and evil will be dealt with finally. And not only that, he's preparing a place for those who trust him and those who follow him. And when I think about Jesus and I think about why he's the greatest cause, when I think about what I'm a citizen of, I have to have a little peek into heaven. Revelation 21, verse 1. Just listen with me, if you will. You might want to shut your eyes. You won't go to sleep. It's too hot for that. But listen. Listen to what heaven is going to be like. And this is something we need to be meditating on. The Bible says this. Then I saw a new heaven. And he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Some of you are hurting terribly today. Some of you are upset. Some of you are disappointed. Some of you are confused. He is going to make all things new. He will wipe away all the tears. There's not going to be any mourning anymore. We've got to focus on helping people get to heaven to be with us, to live with us forever. If we're citizens of heaven, though, we have to remember there's going to be other people there. See, if we're citizens of heaven, we need to treat our brothers and sisters as though they're citizens as well. Revelation 7 talks about, he says, I looked and I saw people from every nation, tribe, and tongue, all kinds of people, all kinds of colors of people. I saw all these different people. We're going to share eternity with all different kinds of people. Republicans, Democrats, communists, socialists, dictators, fascists, You name it, every form of government. There are going to be people from every form of government, and some of them supported that form of government. They maybe didn't mean to, or maybe they made some mistakes, but understand there's going to be people from every viewpoint in heaven, not just your viewpoint. Some of you are saying, I don't really think so. Well, you need to think about it. People in heaven are those who are trusting Jesus Christ for their Savior. They're not people who have your correct political viewpoint. They're people who are going to disagree with you in heaven. Get ready. Get ready. We need to start treating people as though we're going to spend eternity with them. Your cause matters, don't get me wrong. But Jesus matters a lot more. And this church matters a lot more. That we need to love each other the way we would want to be loved if we were them good friend of mine and I were talking this week and we were talking about how do we come to the, the place where we know what to do or how to react to people and his comment was this, we need to sit before we stand. Here's what he meant. We need to sit and listen to one another before we take a stand as though we know what the problem is. You wanna know what should you do about racism in the United States? You should get to know some people of the opposite color and listen to their greatest hurt and understand what they've gone through. Rather than already having your opinion and already deciding how they should feel, listen to how people really feel. You need to sit and listen before you take a stand and think that you know what the problem is. Another friend of mine locally told me, he said, Listen, people don't want to tell you because people are gracious in general. And people in our church are nice and warm and gracious people, and they won't come up to you and say, you know what, there's racism. They're not going to do that. They're only going to tell you what's in their heart if if they think that you really want to know, that you're not bringing your opinion to bear, you're bringing your heart to be bare so that you can hear and hurt and love with your brother and sister. You need to sit before you stand. You know what, we need to assume the best about each other. If you have an offense against your brother or sister, go to them, hear them, listen. Assume the best about each other. Everyone has a different story. Everyone has a different perspective. Be careful also about making a quick or false apology. Sometimes that's the easy thing to do. You know what, I'm sorry. Sorry for what exactly? There's an old joke about a husband that wakes up every morning, right? He wakes up next to his wife, and what does he say to her? He looks over her, and he says, hey, honey, I'm sorry. She says, for what? For whatever it is I'm going to do today. I'm already sorry. Now, guys, that works about once, and I don't recommend it. I don't recommend it. You see, your wife is smarter than that. If you're going to apologize for something you're either about to do or don't even know what you do, that's disingenuous. So we need to sit and listen to know if there's anything we need to apologize for. Maybe we just need to hurt with them. Maybe our statement is simply, hey, I I hate that it's this way for you. I hate that you're suffering this way. I hate that you feel this way. I know I can't fix everything, but I can. Just as you do when someone loses a close relative, a spouse, a child, a father, a mother, to death. And you come alongside, you know what? I can't fix it. I can't bring them back. But I hate that you're feeling this way. And we empathize with each other. Verse 21 says this, referring to Jesus. He will transform our lowly body. I'm looking forward to that, amen? I mean, some of you got great looking. You look great today, and I think you, you look terrific. But I'm looking forward to having a totally new body. I'm looking forward to being glorified by Jesus Christ. And it says he will subject, he says he will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. Get this, he's going to subject all things to himself. If you've been mistreated in this country, you've been mistreated in life, and all of us have to some degree, some a lot worse than others, know this, that Jesus is going to get them for you okay? Jesus is going to get them. We need to love each other now. We need to help each other as much as we can now, but in the end, evil will be defeated, and Jesus will win. Psalm 95 recounts the story of the children of Israel in a particular case, and what happened was the children of Israel had been rescued from Egypt, They've been rescued from the Egyptian army. They've been brought through the Red Sea into this incredible, uh, awesome opportunity, relationship with God. And the psalm starts out with, we need to be singing and praising God for what he's done. He's amazing. He owns the mountains. He owns the sea. He, we are the sheep of his pasture. And then at the end of verse 6, he says, don't be like the children of Israel at Meribah. At Meribah is when they came out of the land And they camped at a place where there was no water. And immediately, after God had done this incredible rescue, this incredible victory, what did the children of Israel say? They go, there's no water. God rescued us. Hey, and they even said this, is God among us? Wait a minute. God just rescued you from the land of Egypt in the most incredible rescue in the history of man and rescues them through the Red Sea. And they say, is God among us? And they wouldn't worship. And God says, These people will not enter my rest. Here's what I want to tell you today. Things are not all right. There are real problems in life. But we still need to worship the God who rescues us. Amen? We still need to worship him. I have this tendency in my own humanity, I just got to admit it, I don't get excited until I know something good has happened. I don't get excited when something might happen. I get excited when it actually has happened. But my wife gets excited when there's even the slightest possibility that it might happen. She's, getting, she's jumping up and down. It's amazing. We're going to get to go on vacation in a couple of years or some time. Right? She gets excited. I said, well, it might not happen. You know, I mean, anything could happen. It could be bad. I mean, I don't know. I mean, we might run out of money. We might, you know, it might be a hurricane. I don't know. So I'm thinking of all the bad things that can happen. She's saying, no, let's celebrate now while we can. Listen, folks. Don't let what you're going through prevent you from worshiping the God who rescues you. When you're a citizen of heaven, you're trusting in the reality that Jesus Christ has secured your salvation forever, and no one and nothing can take that away from you. These are dark days in a lot of ways, but don't lose sight of the brightness and the glory and the majesty of Jesus Christ. Worship him in these days, whatever you're going through. Don't miss that opportunity. We were made to worship And if you're not worshiping, look what the Bible says, he does not bring you into his rest. Get that. Get that. COVID-19, Hurricane Dorian, the racial riots. It seems like a time not to worship. No, this is a time to worship because he's going to defeat it all. We need to worship because if we don't worship, there is no rest. There's only one more stressful thing, something else that's going to happen. And let me tell you this, Jesus might come tomorrow. People keep asking, and I think pastors, may ask you, what bowl are we on, right? We're, it seems like the revelation, the bowls are being spilled out, or the seals are being opened, the four horsemen are running loose, and we keep thinking, is this again? Let me just tell you, it could be. Jesus could come today. He could come today. The closer the disasters come, the closer the birth pains are together, the closer we are to the birth. Amen? We need to love each other. I want to be loving my brother and sister when Jesus comes, don't you? I want to be loving people who are not like me, who have a totally different political perspective than me, who say all kinds of offensive things about me and my kind. I want to be loving those people because some of those people are going to be in heaven, and I'm going to spend the rest of eternity with them. I don't want to be having to to invite somebody over and go, listen, man, I'm really sorry that I didn't. I don't want to be doing that. I want to be rejoicing. We got to love each other, even though we may not have understood each other completely. I believe in South Florida, in this church, we have an incredible example to be an awesome uh, example to the world, to love each other. Even though people don't treat you right, love them. Even though people ignore some of the offensive things you hear people say, And don't say offensive things. When you post something, consider what will my brother and sister, brother or sister of a different color than me, think of this post? Does this express the love of Jesus in my heart? We have an awesome opportunity to live as kingdom citizens. Will you do that? Will you do that? Some of you might say, "Well, Steve, you know what? I don't think I don't know if I'm a member of the kingdom." I don't know if I'm a member of the kingdom. Listen, Jesus Christ, if you're in the sound of my voice, you have an invitation to say, Jesus, I want you to save me. Would you forgive me of my sin so that I can be one of those members of every nation, tongue, and tribe and I can be in heaven forever in that new heaven and new earth where you'll wipe away every tear from my eye and death will be no more and there'll be no more. I want that. It's all about a simple repentant prayer. Jesus, will you save me? I repent of my sin. I want you to come into my life. Some of you may be sitting here today and you've been disagreeing with me a lot, and that's okay. I just want you to consider what I've said. Consider what Scripture says. Can you love those who have a different perspective from you? Can you sacrifice for them the way Jesus did? Because that gives us the authority That gives us the ability to represent Jesus well. Can we be that as a church? Would you bow with me? Thanks for joining us today. If you'd like to support this ministry, go to our website at fbcdelray.com. Also, click the share button so you can share this message with a friend or someone in need as we seek to know Jesus, to know others, and to make him known. We cry out, we cry out